into the world. But to change the world in a way that means anything. It's slow. It's methodical. Welcome to 2-Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast for Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episodes 1 and 2. Uh, they're called Episode 2.0, Unmask, Part 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's the next? Because I thought the next episode is like 203, and it's not nomenclature. Uh, yeah, it's it's 203. So they're doing they're well, doing the... it's 202. It's a zero-based index, right? Exactly. Okay. They're, they're doing it as if it were an array or something uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, in certain programming languages, which <laughs> right. I'm familiar with. Uh, so yeah, the, it's 201 and 202, but they're 2.0. Yeah. I know what drove me, like, uh, I, had, I was forced to write Visual Basic at one point in my career, and I'm pretty sure that their arrays weren't zero-based and drove me fucking crazy. Yeah. It took me so long, and then after that, I got back into C Sharp, and it was like, you know, yeah, right. Programmer, I, programmer I, I view the zero indexed array as the right way to do it. Yeah, even right. though what's, it's not. What's super your stand intuitive. on spaces versus tabs? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck tabs! Fuck tabs! No, I'm really? actually I'm actually okay. a tab guy. Uh, anyway, that's okay. neither here nor there. Uh, this it's tab solidarity premiere. on the two bit encryption podcast. Yep. Uh, it's a season two premiere, and I, I see why they aired these kind of as a, a couple here because uh, it, episode one would have felt very incomplete on its own. So I, I was thinking the same thing, although it would have been pretty easy to shift the guy burning the cash as uh-huh. the finale of the first episode, and that would have been pretty fucking epic. Okay, yeah, I could maybe see that. Um, but. Yo, know, the only thing I didn't like about it is that it made my pot, my life as a podcaster hell oh. to try to fit in these two hours. And it, the thing is, it's jam fucking packed. This is. is really dense entertainment. I mean, you don't you don't have to pick up everything they're putting down, but you know, at the type of show this is, I feel like that's what you're supposed to be doing. And I just felt like I didn't have enough time with two hours to cram everything and all the feedback. And, and we'll just, we'll just see how it goes. But yeah, I need at least 48 or more hours to research. What did you think? Because I remember my position was I am cautiously pessimistic about Sam Esmail's ability to deliver his promise of, well, season one is just a prologue. So I can tell the story I really want to tell right. after you've seen the two hour premiere what did you think, Jim? Uh, I thought it was a good move to focus a lot on Elliot um, and his psychosis and how he's battling that and dealing mm-hmm. with it, uh, his dissociative disorder or whatever it is. Um, you know, there is some other stuff in the works, like F Society is spinning up something bigger through Darlene, like more attacks, mm-hmm. uh, just follow-ons to what they've already done. So I, I think that's good, too, but it's kind of just simmering in the background right now, and Elliot mm-hmm. seems to be the focus, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Uh, I am incautiously optimistic at this point because I felt like this... Now they don't have to pussyfoot around the identity issue. They can actually grapple with these things head on. Right. And I thought it was great. I thought there was an injection of humor, which was sorely needed. Um, You know, Tyrell kind of taking a back seat helps because that's, in my opinion, the weakest part of the show. There's uh, a little of the old ultra violence in there. <laughs> I mean, I think some of the some of the set piece speeches were a few feet over the top of where they needed to be. Uh, and again, like I, I have to treat the premise of this show increasingly as science fiction because you know some of this stuff is just uh, 
the worst kind of paranoia conspiracy theories run amok. But, you know, if I can if I can enjoy a show about dragons and, and wood sprites I'm, I'm turning curious people into snow what? monsters with obsidian, then I right. think I can take a dystopian present-day alternate reality uh, Mr. Robot take. I'm curious about the specifics, because I also do have my problems with how how things are going at the moment uh-huh. um as specifically as it regards like the logistics of a society that doesn't have any banking capabilities yeah not and then we we flash forward a month i was expecting to see a lot more chaos instead it's more right. minor annoyance and simmering tensions like yeah like how are people paying for food i don't how know. are people buying literally anything right most people don't carry cash anymore because that's the thing like you can't just wipe out the world's debt without commiserate you know you know, like like they alluded to the fact that there's maybe perhaps run on banks that you're trying to stave off, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, the complete collapse of confidence of the financial system, and in essentially another Great Depression coming. Um, I'm right. actually surprised they're not further along that path. Yeah, me too. But it um, also seems like maybe that the government and corporate agencies are doing everything they can to put on a brave face, put sure. lipstick on the pig. But how do you when you literally don't have access to your money? I know, I as, know. As a citizen, yeah. Like, and where's the money? Where's the liquid capital coming from? Right. If if an enormous part of that over leveraged capital just got poof written off, yeah. And also the fact that, like, you know, I, I thought it was nice to see from the other side a woman who's worked twenty years to pay off her fucking mortgage. She had her final payment, and now. Evil Corp is saying, well, you don't own your house. We have no records. And we're kicking you out. Right. Yeah. And I thought some of that was pretty right on. Like, I can't imagine that the government would allow people in, allow the corporation at this moment to kick people out of their homes. Yeah. But what do you do? It's like the Game of Thrones question. You know, who holds the power? You pause everything. You you hit the big pause button on mortgages. (laughs) There is... I think it's Dead of Honor. There's a Tom Clancy book where this happens. Okay. Where someone, it, they didn't encrypt the world, but what they did is they, you know, because this is pretty prescient, but it, it happened like 15, 20 years ago. He wrote this book where he noticed that one of the big trends in Wall Street are these smart programs that auto-trade based on, like, triggers and stuff. And right. one, uh, you know, kind of like Elliot-type person wrote a change uh, in one of the biggest houses because it was one of the, you know, bellwethers. Mm-hmm. So that it would do this crazy aggressive trading to destroy the American economy. And by the time everything shut down, like, uh, all these fraudulent trades had occurred. And they had the idea that they would just, like, pretend like that day never happened. Okay. Like, they would essentially, they had a long holiday weekend. And then, like, when the markets opened back up on Monday or Tuesday, they would just redo everything. And right. there was a lot of the same kind of talk about, like, you know, can you do that? And it's like, well, if we say it and we say it with enough confidence, then... Because, no, you know, in both of these attacks, nothing really changed in the physical state of the economy. No factories burnt down. Right. No tankers of gas sank to the bottom of the sea. No, you just hit the digital reset. No switch. one lost or... This was all stuff that, you know, happened because of the way we do our global economy where we value we essentially put money monetary value on on cap on labor mm-hmm. and and production um but but yeah i mean it, that i think that would work because again nothing's really changed no one's lost their homes no one's lost their jobs right no no war has broken out the it, only this thing is that's all changed accounting is yeah they don't know who owes 
who what. Right. And, I, I and think, they don't know how much money people have. And yeah. Like, and it's not just one day of bad trading. It's it's all of it. It's all. the entire history of yeah. it. Yeah. So that's a huge problem uh, going forward. But you could definitely say, like, look, you can't kick someone out of their house right now. Yeah. You just can't do it. Like, right. we don't care. We're, we're pausing the mortgages. But that's going to have ripple. You can't kick out I mean, that's office, real, office owners. Can like, you do that for six months? Right, that's the question. Like, how long? Can and and, you do and that? according to price, it's going to be several months before they can get if if they can get any of this stuff resolved. So right. I don't know. It's pretty interesting. And the other thing is, uh, I guess they don't know who owns what either. Like, sure, um, they don't even know if this lady owns her house. I would imagine she could be faking her records or paper records. All right, I think before we spend all of our time talking about this show up front, we should probably get into the recap. Uh, real quick. we have a shitload of recap to get through. Real quick, because this is becoming a real problem. Um, people that are using Pocket Cast are having a hard time subscribing to our feeds. And this hits me close to home because I am that's my primary Pocket. I mean, I'm a Pocket Cast user, have been for years. Okay. Uh, so if you're having difficulty, a couple of suggestions is to try to manually subscribe to our feed, uh, and I'm going to post some directions in this show notes for sh- this just for Pocket Cast people, as far as I'm, I know. But I'm starting to get like dozens of emails with with this new feed coming out, um, and I am I've got a couple uh, a user that reached out to Shift Jelly, who's the um, uh, the, the producer yeah. of the app, and I got into that email chain, and I've got a couple of users accounts, and I'm 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 trying to rapidly enter it in. Uh, uh, iterate solutions to so i'm really committed to getting this fixed uh i'm not sure like it, it's kind of complicated because we've done a lot of updating on our end uh it could be the shift jellies updated the way they do their catalog um i'm trying to get it uh, okay. but I, I, I apologize for everyone that's affected and i know there's a lot of people and it's frustrating so okay hopefully i'll have some solutions for you in the show notes but uh i'm, I'm still working on it all right uh let's do a recap uh, we go to the arcade, and Tyrell takes off his mask after making the F Society video that we saw last season, I assume. Uh, Elliot coordinates with Chinese hackers to run the encryption scripts, and Tyrell is kind of in awe of it all. As he's Elliot he's reading my mind. Why this mask? It's Why the Monopoly guy? It's silly. Right? Yeah, uh, even he thinks it's silly. So, Mr. Uh, the uh, Elliot running the Mr. Robot subroutine murders Tyrell here, yeah? Uh, sure. With popcorn? The gun's just... in the popcorn, yeah? The gun is in the popcorn? Isn't it? <laughs> what gun? Didn't Mr. Robot's sister, Darlene, didn't Darlene or somebody put a gun in the popcorn machine? I don't remember that, but maybe. Hold on it's, a second. It's possible. I thought that there was a gun in the popcorn machine. There might be. Because uh, if that's not, that's the cornerstone of my theory. Mm. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So of course, there's a person on, on, on Reddit asserting that there is a gun placed in the popcorn machine early in <laughs> okay. season one. Is there a photo? Is there a is there like a video clip? Well, there's it's better. There's no one calling bullshit on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, I, I don't know how you prove a negative, but <laughs> yeah. all right. Um, I don't know. I I just feel like that uh, we don't that yeah. Darlene hit a gun there in the popcorn machine. Um, so I I okay. feel like that he's uh, he's killed Tyrell. Yeah, I suppose that's possible. I mean, and that colors how I interpret the final phone call of the episode, which God knows when we'll get to. Oh, does it? An hour, yeah. Really? Yeah. There's, there's, okay. Because if Tyrell's dead, he can't be fucking calling on the phone. Uh, well, yeah, but his dad's dead and he's fucking uh, talking to him. Like That's true. That's true. <laughs> he's making him do things. Like, I don't, I don't know that you can rule out Tyrell as an influence, even if he is dead. Mm-hmm. 
What do you make of his statement about uh, Tyrell's statement? It's almost as if something's come alive. Uh, I, I don't Why know. does that set off Mr. Robot? I, I couldn't tell you. Okay. I think Mr. Robot might have been set off by other things. Yeah. Not, not necessarily that line of dialogue. All right. Uh, let's move on. Flashback to Elliot, pushed out the window as a child, and his parents take him to the hospital. Elliot has a broken arm, and he gets some stitches, but otherwise he's pretty fine. Uh, the doctor sends his parents out of the room and tries to ask Elliot some questions, but he basically says nothing. Yeah. Looks bad that you throw your child out the window, and they have a broken arm, and your first thought is, man, how are we going to pay for this? Can we just take it? Well, how fucked up can an arm be if we don't set it? Like, let, let real talk, Doctor. Right. Like, in medieval times, Is it going to be people... any worse than his eyes or his face? Sure. Is that going to... Is it going to affect his future as much as that? <laughs> Man, and I tell you what, I think this kid does a really good, um, like, young Elliot suffering from some kind of, uh, yeah. you know, Asperger's or... Uh, uh, what's, Stress-induced what's... Uh, something. Yeah, because I know a kid or two that has, um, you know, is on, on the, the spectrum, autism spectrum, and they, they mm. the, the weird kind of... the not I shouldn't say oh, weird. Okay. the Like, the twitches and whatnot, and just how they do their... I, I thought was very very convincing um i don't know the other thing is is this real like this flashback uh, i mean let's not ask that in every scene i know okay. it's, i know it's implied <laughs> but... wait 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 is this is this is this real but the reason i say this is because elliot's dad is assuring his mother i told you there won't be any bills so so is okay. that is that meaning that this is Mr. Mr. Robot family having a conversation about you know the the, the Elliot subconscious is blending all this stuff together is mm. is did Elliot's father have a plan to destroy the world's economy that Elliot was vaguely familiar with before he died like uh-huh. but but he's made that statement and when he's like we don't have any money how he's like I told you there won't be any bills maybe he's mixed up with the. The wrong crab. Maybe he's, he's going to have the dark army wipe shit. out his medical bills at just one hospital. Maybe it's a small scale thing that inspired yeah, or him. Or maybe he himself is. I mean, maybe he's the hacker and okay, you know, he's going to do it. Okay, because uh, it's interesting because um, Elliot last season when he was in the hospital was like, I can alter all the records. I can get them to give me any medication I want. Right. They won't know that I'm on drugs. Right. Like. All that kind of stuff. So you could see if this was a hallucination by Elliot or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or a blending of memories, then certainly he could wipe out Bills mm-hmm. at a hospital. Mm-hmm. Probably wipe out Tom's too. <laughs> wipe out all of all of the. <laughs> There's enough popcorn in. machines for everybody. Uh, so we're back in the present. Elliot details his perfectly constructed loop of a daily routine: 8 a.m. It's breakfast with Leon. 10 a.m. He cleans up around the house. 12 p.m. Lunch with Leon. 2 p.m. Basketball game. 4.30 p.m., cleans up around the house again. 6 p.m., dinner with Leon. Some some time in the night, he journals, and then at some point, he goes to bed. It's somewhere around 10-something, 10 10.30. Uh-huh. And this is all to the background of uh, daydreaming by Lupe Fiasco, which leads me to ask, is any of this real? <laughs> oh I mean, for God. real. For real. Is this right. shit? I mean, and there's this theory. There's this this prison slash institution theory that we're, is going to be the first thing we read in the uh, feedback section. Uh, oh, we, we got to even... wait till then to talk about it. Well, I, I mean, don't think we can. The thing is, is like you got to wait until all the evidence has been introduced. So, right. I mean, we could talk about. Do you want me to talk about it now? So we can people can be on the lookout for uh, it. Or do you want to wait till the thing's over? 
let's wait a little bit. Let's wait until maybe I don't know some of the until we get through a a meal and maybe to the basketball stuff. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Uh, there is a there are a couple of interesting things in this scene actually. Um, there's a book, Leo Tolstoy's Resurrection, mm-hmm. that's in there. Um, it's it's about institutionalization or or institutionalized church and hypocrisy mm-hmm. thereof. Uh, I, I don't know. I I didn't get all the connections. Like I said, I would have loved another six hours to research this show. Uh, but there are a lot of literary references in this episode and in the next one that uh, kind of point in a direction. Yeah. Well, also I noticed that, like, did you notice that as, as growing up in Indiana, I'm somewhat familiar with pickup basketball. Right. This pickup basketball is ludicrous. What do you mean? I mean, it's just essentially guys in a big ball. Like, it, it looks like a, in some of the shots, it looks like a rugby scrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not how you play basketball. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I wasn't sure if it's <laughs> just ineptly staged basketball action or if they're trying to suggest that this is not real. Well, I think it was purposely poorly staged because later on Ray comments about how shitty of a game it is. Right. Right. So obviously they meant for them to be playing shittily. What that says about whether or not it's real. I, but I I've, don't know. I've seen it shitty basketball. This is just these like, fools don't know how to play. I mean, this is just 10 guys trying to hump a basketball. Right. It looks like, <laughs> sure. uh, you know, but yeah, I, I, I guess that's, that is another solution to the problem. Sure. Uh, then we find out that, you know, that the scenes are all him narrating what he's telling to the uh, therapist. Right. And, He's talking about, you know... Oh, so you want to go all the way into that? I mean, don't okay. you? Like, are we yeah. ready? I mean, it, it transitions from from this to Elliot at his therapist's office, and they talk about his routine, um, why he's staying at his mom's house despite the problems they've had, mm-hmm. more about his loneliness, and after his therapist kind of guilts him into it, he opens up about not trusting Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, like, you know, when he goes along, it's like, you know, uh, what's wrong with having a routine? It's repeating the task each day. That's what everyone does. It goes along with their NCISs and their Lexapro. Like, hey, back off, Mr. Robot. Fuck you. Leave the, leave, leave uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't watch NCIS. I watch other television. I drink heavily. I don't, uh, I'm not on a professional medication. But, you know, a little, you hit a little too close to the home there, Mr. Robot. Okay. <laughs> back off, nerd. Uh, give me my comfort. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I thought it was interesting he called his mother the devil, the better devil that he knew rather than the one he didn't, which is the opposite of my life philosophy. Like, I'd rather go try to find an angel than stick with some shitty devil that I know. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It could uh, be worse, but, but he's he a very scary like, person, right? That's true. He's, yeah, he's... He's intimidated by social interactions, A, and he's also very scared. His life is ruled by fear, and it's not unjust yeah. fear in, in this fear particular... Fear and paranoia. Yeah, in, in this particular case, because people are out to get him, and his own... He's he's fighting a war against himself. Uh-huh. Uh, and his alternate self seems to be pretty self-destructive. Okay. Um, so, uh, this these scenes have me wondering and whether... If you think this stuff is real, and it's actually happening... Um, and it's not all in Elliot's head, then how does how is he having breakfast, lunch, and dinner with the same person every single day? And who's paying for these meals? There are a lot of people in this diner who, like, is there a big pause? I bet Elliot hit? has a pile of cash. Yeah, but 
does everyone like like we said earlier society seems to be going on there's a scene at the beginning oh, of episode two where just like yeah how's the normality people are shopping of life. at the corner store yeah like, yeah how's the normality yeah. normality of life going on that's a that's a decent question yeah it surprised me um and then there's this character hot carla which they call her because she's uh pyro the mm-hmm. local pyro she's burning uh waiting for godot Mm-hmm. Which is a book where two people wait endlessly for someone named Godot, and uh, isn't Godot never shows some kind up. of artist or something? Oh, I, maybe so. Uh, but anyway. but the the point of the book oh, is it's that Gal Gadot. They're waiting for Wonder Woman to appear, <laughs> right? <laughs> Wonder Woman never shows up in uh-huh. the book, so uh, you know it, it's an interesting idea from that angle, I guess. Right, waiting for something and having it never pay off. Right. Um, and it's become a bit of a personal totem, he says, mm-hmm. uh, hot Carla has, mm-hmm. what, what about this pyro, this local basketball court pyro would be a personal totem for Elliot? I don't know. Cause he says a lot of shit that I don't under, I don't really right. understand. And also he tells us up front, I'm not telling you all of my secrets because I don't trust you. Um, because you weren't straight with me last season. He's talking to us as the audience, which continues yeah. to be kind of a fascinating thing. So I don't know what he means by that. Do you have any guesses? Uh, I don't. I was hoping you maybe could shed some insight (laughs) on that, but maybe we'll find out more down the road. What I think is interesting is, do you agree with this piece of analysis or not? That that, that Elliot, with this mind-numbing routine that cuts him off from the digital world, is trying to essentially starve Mr. Robot. Yeah. Like he's trying to bore him to death. Yep. So that he can go back to being himself. Right. Um, and which, you know, and he's trying to neuter Mr. Robot too, because okay. yeah, yeah. Mr. Robot preys on his technological prowess and that's there's, the tool there's, two, he uses. there's two parts of that. Number one, yeah. he's, he's putting him in like a, uh, what is that? Uh, fucking Superman thing, the forbidden zone or, Oh, right. You know, he's, he's trying uh-huh. to isolate him, but, and also he's trying to, uh, not only isolate him, but wither him away. Yes. Because without this input and the stimulus and this, um, uh, daring do and heroics he thinks that this alternate ego will eventually die and right. and mr robot for his his point is trying to seduce elliot you know satan the devil style with like hey this is a charming funny uh well well appointed uh fashionably puppied black man mm-hmm. needs your help that felt good when you help people elliot why don't you help people uh yeah the, i i mean i again i thought this this is this was all crazy good it is. It's real good. Uh, we had some debate, I think, last episode in our season two preview cast about whether or not his mom was still alive. Yeah, well, we're you're if, totally wrong on that. Unless this is not if, real. If you think this is real, yeah. I mean, she's absolutely alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also, he is still seeing his therapist, mm-hmm. um, which is another thing we wondered. And they did, like, you know, in, in the month, apparently, uh, Gloria's her name, right? She did a lot of... Uh, uh, I'm not sure what her name is. Uh, she did a lot of wrestling and soul searching about how she can go forward with Elliot as a patient, and somehow she found, uh, you know, some daylight between her professional obligations and, and ethics and personal feelings, and, and is able to continue to seeing him with with the idea right. that he has to be completely honest with her. Yeah, and it seems like, I mean, they they cut off the conversation at the most interesting point when he finally fesses up that I don't. It's not that I don't trust myself; I don't trust him. Right. Like, I would have loved to know his therapist's reaction to that. Yeah, and then he, you know, he starts in on on us as the audience, which I thought was kind of neat. Right. Uh, 
I think her name is Krista. Krista. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Uh, which I don't even know that I've ever heard her name. <laughs> I'm sure it, it's, it, it's, it's in the I first it, season. I know it's come I up. just yeah, didn't yeah. remember it. Uh, okay, so, yeah, like I was saying, Elliot's walking home. He's telling us that he doesn't trust us because he feels like we hid things from him, like uh-huh. we betrayed him. Um, what is he, ca- What precisely do you think he's talking about? The moment in about Times Mr. Square? About Mr. Robot, I think. Oh, right. Like, you didn't tell me that this was a which fiction is of my imagination. Interesting, because it does feel like... Uh, that that they turned a bug into the feature. The fact that we we knew that Mister Robot was Elliot long before Elliot figured it out. Right. Depending on on how how much attention you were paying, you you got that anywhere from three to four to one episode before the actual revelation hit. Yeah. So he's kind of got us there. He's right. Kinda, you got you you got me, Elliot. Right. Now we don't have a real way to communicate with him, so yeah, it's true. it's a little unfair, but. You know, he sees this as a two-way street. Also, I think he feels a little abandoned because we didn't help him in Times Square. Because right. he was kind of, like, uh, appealing to us for help. And, and Mr. Robot, you know, bullied us into silence, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's journaling. And Mr. Robot is trying to convince Elliot to get back in the game and to go lead F Society. They need a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, he threatens Elliot at gunpoint. When Elliot refuses and asks where Tyrell is, Mr. Robot shoots him in the head. Amazing. Yeah, this is an awesome scene. Uh, Elliot's got a hole in his head, yeah. but he sits back up and he walks over to his desk and he begins journaling about it. Right, and the fact that this has happened several times before and that yep. he didn't panic like the last few times and blood's dripping on the pages. Yeah. So that's the thing. When you ask questions of like, is this real? Yeah. Every scene, you know there are some things that are absolutely not literally true going on. Yeah, the hole in his head. For so instance. it's like, there. it's one of those things where it's like yes and no. Uh-huh. Like is he? But but the, the the question is is where you know where exactly does this rabbit hole stop? Because you know is the room he's in real? Is the situation? Is this framework of society of, of regimentation real? Uh, yeah. Where are the edges of order and chaos? Right. Yeah. Do you want me to consider the prison theory at this point? Uh, I let's let's wait a little bit longer because okay. I have a lot more to talk about as as regards this scene. Okay. Um, because, okay, so the journal that he's writing in is made by a company called Confixura Industries. Uh, you can you can see the logo. They do a close-up on it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the book he's writing in. And they have a logo. And, and later on, when uh, Mr. Robot and Elliot are talking to Gideon in his mom's house, uh, Mr. Robot's peeling an apple. Right. And... And they do a conspicuous close-up on that apple skin afterward, and it looks exactly like the logo on the front of his journal Ah. uh, called, you know, made by Confixture Industries. Now, the word Confixture in Latin, it's a Latin word, means... To peel an apple. Any one of these. Yeah, it means apple core. No, uh, (laughs) falsehood, fancy, fantasy, fiction, forgery, imagination, invention, lie. It means all of those things. Jesus Christ. Right. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, so I'm curious what they're getting at. Now, there's also an RFID code in his journal. Right. Uh, that if you... Or, or, a Q code. A Q code, yeah. That he QR code. writes out. Uh, right. It's a QR code. And if you scan it, it actually takes you to a website, uh, configureindustries.com. Right. They were talking about this on the Hacking Mr. The Hacking Mr. Robot show. Okay. It seems like it could be cool. Like, this is yeah. like these talking head after shows mm-hmm. done kind of right. 
Right, so they don't have to criticize the show, right? They can just dig into the plot real right. deep. Right, and, and then the, for... the other thing is, like, I feel like that they're that's one of the benefits of covering a stronger show, a very even show, is that you don't. There's not a lot to criticize. Yeah, so it doesn't feel as sycophantish. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, but it goes to if you go to configureindustries.com, there's a shitty looking like GeoCities style website that's mm-hmm. under construction. Um, there are some things like if you dig into the code, there's, I I, th- I think it's in that website where if you dig into the code deep enough, there's an IP address that you can go to another website that has like a countdown timer that acts oh like God. your your files are being encrypted and just like, huh? D- there's there's some kind of rabbit hole here that so, I didn't have time to properly just pull every single detail. There was wide speculation in Reddit due to some kind of, I don't know, it could have been leaks or just people speculating that there was going to be an uh, ARG, an alternative reality game, right. at, at this season. I think they're going for it. Yeah, that'll be something interesting yeah. to keep an eye on. It should be. Uh, I'd like to see how they compete with Pokemon Go, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> bad timing, Sam S. Mills, bad right. timing. so that's that's the thing about the show. Like, I hear people saying, oh, this is going to be the next Lost, and this is going to, like, blow television wide open, uh-huh. and I'm like... It came back to the lowest ratings it's ever had. Right. I got some feedback about that. Okay. Because that's the thing. Less than a million people are watching this, and Lost had 22-plus million people watching at the height of that. And they're doing everything they can because I thought – I know you watched it on um, – through through Amazon or some other channel. But I watched it live, and I I did recording. This thing – extremely limited commercial interruptions – there's right. only three commercial breaks in the whole fucking thing, and they were like yeah. one of them was like you know I think sixty seconds long. Huh. It was two, it was essentially two prime time hours, but the whole, total runtime was an hour and a half. So mm-hmm. there's like very limited commercial, and so that's like baller. Like I don't, we don't give a shit about the ratings. We want people talking about this show. The fact that they leaked the episode out intentionally on a limited time basis to get yeah. people talking about it. Yeah, it seems like they're trying their damnedest to subversively market this thing and to embrace kind of the piracy cra- and the kind of like the type of people that would be interested in the show to see if it can right. get a larger audience, which I think is super smart. Like they are, they are swinging for defenses on this show. And I really hope it works out for them because so far this, you know, we're, we're very early on in a, in, in a young season, but I think this is shape and this is the exact type of television that makes, uh, you know, selfishly as a podcaster, um, I love it because this is exactly the type of television that kind of grabs people by the balls, by the brass bull balls. Yeah, and by the brains too. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's not it's a just a flashy show. It's something it's a that you Rubik's can cube. Sink your teeth into. Yeah. Now, if I find out the Sam Ismail has just switched the stickers around in our Rubik's cube and it's unsolvable, I'll be my my vengeance will be swift and and, right. and final. You haven't been playing with a Rubik's cube. You've been playing with a broken egg, or right? Something, right? But. You know, you see a Rubik's cube. Everyone, I mean, who, who, who? The first time you see a Rubik's cube, doesn't pick it up and start twisting on it. Yeah, you know, sure. uh, I, I think it's, I think it's a, it's brilliant in its construction thus far. I, I will lend, you know, I, I will extend an olive branch a little bit to the people who say that this could be the next Lost, in that they don't actually mean in ratings. Probably they no. probably mean in the depth of the show. It's hard to imagine ability, another like lost. the community around it, like like. Television's too fragmented to have another right. thirty million plus uh, nah, people mm, watching stuff. Yeah, Game Walk, of Thrones, Walking Dead's pretty close. Yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones might be there. Right, if you depending add on what you think about piracy and, 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 and streaming and yeah, yeah. So 
Uh, yeah, you, you. But but as far as the community right. aspect goes, like there are a lot of people talking. You know, there are a few people talking about this very in depth. Well, and it seems like the Mister Robot like subreddit is experiencing geometric growth. Really? Like you know, it's like I, fifty thousand right now, I think. Well, and it was like in the low forties just last week. Okay. And last season it was like seven, eight thousand. Oh wow! So like All it's right. it's definitely kicking off, and I don't know if that'll that'll turn into ratings for them, or I, I hope they have the patience because if this is a really good solid season, they just got some Emmy buzz, which is you know never hurts. Uh, if they can keep this alive, because you know Breaking Bad hobbled by with a million viewers for the first two, even right. three seasons. It wasn't until the fourth season that it started really getting uh, ahead of steam. So I hope USA, if, if this show continues to be as good as it is, has the, the patience to, to stick with it. Yeah, what else do they have that's getting this kind of buzz? I, I don't know. Any, that's the thing. I don't right. know f- any fucking thing. Case like, is Conan point. on USA or is he on TNT? I don't know. Like, these, these channels yeah. were... I never even stopped on my way to clicking to HBO and AMC, and now they're on my fucking right. radar. Yeah. So I think that's got value. Right. This could be USA's Breaking Bad. Sure. Where they, they or, spin this off into right. a successful, uh, you know, they're a successful network. They've been around for a long time, but sure. into like a premier Prestige, network. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Let's let's move on. A uh, few F Society members cut the balls off the Wall Street Bull, that famous statue that everybody's everybody's seen that'd be sweet you know uh, what what are the odds that someone cuts the ball the balls off the bull i was wondering like because like this they, is just this baiting is... copycat shit man yeah now i imagine Absolutely. that building has like insane security like if yeah. they didn't already like there is a human being with a gun that is watching those balls 24 7 right but if you hack his you watch ta- you, what, and uh, then... you take your eyes off those balls one second <laughs> they're gone there's a ball watcher they right. have a ball watcher on right. wall street although given the news of late i would i would enjoy waking up to read that the wall street balls are gone right. like that would that would delight me wall street has no balls yes. <laughs> that'd be the headline that, that i i gotta say that that I, that's copycat crime that i can't really <laughs> can't really be mad about well now the feds know where to come to question Someone. And I never thought about the idea that's a hollow bronze statue. So like that's like a Stanley Cup. You got that tray. Right. Like you can you can drink a fucking keg of beer out of that thing. Sure that's could. pretty sweet. Uh, then we follow a woman who's jogging and her smart watch malfunctions. She goes in her house and her home automation system is in full rebellion. She eventually <laughs> you know calls them up and then has to leave. Uh, call, calls up the the home automation company and then has to leave. And when she does. Darlene and a bunch of other F Society members move in. I wonder if this will have this show, because it doesn't have the reach yet, but I wonder if this show will have a markable or a measurable impact on the sales of smart home type appliances. Oh, like... Because they're pushing that shit hard. Like, I can't believe it. Like, I was watching a commercial during the NBA Finals, and they advertise this refrigerator that has three built-in cameras... So if you're a busy you don't mom, have to open you your can, door to and you're see. at the store and like, do I need milk or not? You can get on your fucking phone oh, and God. see if you've got Wi-Fi milk. Connected. And I'm like, wow. geez, that's insane. That was our utopian future promise, man. That's the I would Jetson know what's in shit. my fridge at all times. That's the Jetson shit. And right. uh, yet we see how it can go terribly. Right. Yeah. And we got we got some feedback from a guy who works in the embedded logic circuit industry and like that's right, like right. one of the, the PLDs. that's like the biggest target for hacker because it's all embedded and they don't ever get updated and like that's uh, i mean I, you know uh i don't think it gets more sinister much more sinister than like lightly scalding somebody 
but still, like, okay. there's there's a lot of griefing or to be ruining had. your milk. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> turn off the yo, yeah, that'd be a a fuck you. Whatever. Every time right. someone goes out to work, you turn your refrigerator off, so all their food goes bad. And, but they don't know it, and they you know are puking and shitting their guts out all the time. They don't know why. <laughs> right, you lower the temperature just long enough. Yeah, you to let get it go up to about sixty seven degrees, and you get it back. back but it's, yeah, they don't know. There's botulism in there. Uh, so. Cool little detail here, and this this show mm-hmm. is so good in doing this. Uh, if you look in the background while Susan Jacobs, who we learn her name later, is jogging, uh, she passes Darlene on a park bench, mm-hmm. which then you begin to understand how this hack happens. Right. Because the first thing to happen is her watch malfunctions, right? right. She's, like, unable to connect to the server. She has yep. to reset it. Yep. Goes back to the clock. She goes inside. She punches in her code. You get the impression that maybe Darlene was able to get the code from her punching it in in the yes, first place. Yes, that, that was some kind of, what do you call that, man-in-the-middle attack? or Right, like she hacked her watch, yeah. and then the watch was able to transmit attack. either the code for the alarm system or or plant a virus within the alarm system right. when it got within proximity. It's, it's just really cool how tightly yeah. filmed this is. It's cool. Uh, also, what did you make of the Let's Be Frank guy? Let's be frank. He's the lunatic that's rave, ranting and raving on the wall. Uh, oh, on the TV? Yeah. On the projector or whatever? I, and under there's a website, letsbefrank.com. Is there? Uh, yeah, there's like, I, I don't know exactly where all this is going, but he was talking about the Weimar Republic, which I believe is the one of the countries that experienced like runaway inflation after World War One, where like literally you'd need a wheelbarrow full of francs, francs to right. get like a loaf of bread, uh, which... We're not seeing. This is not the yeah. world. Like that's the world I was expecting to see, but we're not. Which, mm-hmm. you know, again, is any of this real? Right. We got a we got a crazy conspiracy guy talking about logical consequences to a post F society world. Yet mm-hmm. that's not the world we see everyone living in. It's very unreal. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, th- it was nice to see this uh, woman. I recognized her from. House of Cards. Yeah, she's the one who uh, Claire withered her womb. Yeah, withered it. Claire's adversary <laughs> through season one. Um, we move on to Gideon visiting Elliot at his mother's house, and he pleads with them to clear his name with the FBI. But Mister Robots in- interfering with this conversation the whole time, uh, causing Elliot's gunshot wound to return mm-hmm. on his head there. And Elliot refuses to help him, so Gideon gets angry and threatens to go to the FBI with what he knows about that that last day that that Elliot was at all safe. And Mr. Robot eventually slits Gideon's throat. Of course, it's not real, but it freaks Elliot out. Well, that's the thing. Like, when he's saying, like, if I slit his throat, will it be me or you? Like, you remember the scene where he punched that guy in the internet cafe. And I was like, oh, shit, they're going to fucking kill Gideon right in front of his mother. And what does that mean? Is any of this real? Right. Uh, And then fucking Gideon gets killed by the end of the episode, or next episode anyway. So. Ah, uh, spoiler for like 70 minutes from now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this scene is insane. It's great. I mean, all the, all the visuals of Elliot's uh, battle with Mr. Robot are fantastic. Right. Just yeah. what's real, what isn't, uh, how Elliot's dealing with that. I love it. Yeah, and the, the weird camera angles and the lighting and just, you know, this guy's bug-eyed performance that he's just barely keeping it together and, in fact, increasingly not. Like, he's he's responding to the hallucinations now. Mm-hmm. It's 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 incredible. And I felt sorry for Gideon. 
Because he's like, even if you, <laughs> I mean, you've got to realize that you're dealing with a person that's got a few screws loose, and that's who you're trusting your freedom to. Right. And also, if you do turn dime on him to the FBI, what are they going to think? He, they're going to get this guy who's just raving and twitchy and, you know, screaming for no uh, no good reason. Like, are you going to believe that he's the, the mastermind? Like, it's, it's yeah. no good. No good for poor Gideon. Also, we found in this episode that his incredibly sweet and supportive boyfriend is fucked off. Right. Yeah, left him Didn't, after all the controversy. Yeah, like it's, uh, you know, no, n- so much for that. You're still the good man that, you know, and I love you and that's your human credential because something like that's yep. like that, that throwaway line I thought was incredibly brutal in light yeah. of their scene from last season. Yeah. Uh, so this is also the scene where Elliot kind of lays out, uh, you know, after all this, he gets into his routine as much as possible and he lays out why he's doing what he's doing. Like, the point of the routine is to stay as sane as possible until Mr. Robot is gone. Yeah. Once he's gone, I can become the real me again. Do you, do you think that's a valid strategy? I know you're not like a, a psychological expert or anything. Uh, you don't have any degrees, but what do you think about that strategy? Get him to go away, and then you can be yourself. I don't know, because I've never been this crazy. Right. The, I mean, the regimen might actually be making him more insane. Like, yeah. there, there are certain aspects about it that we well, find out some, later. I have some stuff to say about uh, uh, the blonde. I haven't got... God damn it. What's her name? The blonde? It's Gloria. Everyone that, every woman that Darlene? I know. Darlene? No, His no, sister? no. The, the, the childhood friend. Oh, Angela. Angela. Yeah. I got a plenty to say about Angela later on in the episode, too. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, what is the deal with him wrapping his head with the bandage? Like, it's, he knows this isn't real. Right. It it feels like it's a, a mental trick he's playing with himself. It's like Dumbo's like if feather. It, like, I've, I, if, if I start bleeding again, I don't have to worry about it because... The other thing is, did, am I crazy? Or in certain scenes that it looked like that bandage was starting to, like, discolor. Hmm. Like, there's ne- never Could blood, be. but it looked like I yeah. thought, like, a yellow, like, um, like a kind of a, a splotch would start to form. But I couldn't tell right. that was a... Tr- a trick of my TV or an artifact from the fact I was watching off my DVR or what? It's possible. But I was kind of expecting some full-on blood to seep through there in right. some of these scenes, and it never did. Uh, so Elliot has lunch with Leon as Mr. Robot tries to break his resolve. Yeah. Uh, Elliot narrates the scene um, as, the, as the scene kind of changes to this F Society pizza party in Susan Jacobs' house involving bull balls. Uh, people were taking selfies with it. Darlene is not having a great time. Before we get to that, what do you think about Mr. Robot after he kind of uh, escorts uh, uh, – he, he, I'm porky pig in it. After he yells at us, uh, he then says, the one thing I'm going to have to ask you is to, to, to please have hope for me. Hmm. Yeah, he does say that, doesn't he? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it could literally just be that. That could be just an honest interpretation. Sam honest Esmail, Sam, just please keep watching the show. Please. No. no, no. <laughs> I know it's weird, and I casted a weirdo in the main role and all that, but, but, but please, keep watching. Please, keep keep hope for Mr. Robot Alive. Do you have hope for, for Elliot? Do you think he's going to break this chain of, of... I'm always rooting for the little guy. I'd like okay. to... I, 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 I like to be a staunch defender of the misfits and the broken toys of the world. Okay. Uh, uh, for a long time, I considered myself that. So I'd like to see. Yeah, I think uh, I think people can get a measure of of health in this world with sure. the proper treatment and and uh, professional professional help and pharmacology. Yeah, 
and a lot of Bible reading, apparently. Yeah. That seems to be doing it for him. Revelation 21, 3 and 4, baby. One the, oh, one, yeah. one the, one the best verses in, in the, that joint. So uh, Darlene's not having a great time at this party. She demands the phone of the guy taking selfie with the balls, and she smashes it. Uh, then she riles them up with a speech about how they're losing this war and they need to get back at it. Uh, finally, she sits down with Mobley, I guess his name is. I don't know. The long-haired hacker dude. And he tries to tell her that they're doing great. Who has one leg? Who I guess has one leg. Yeah. I never noticed that before. Me either. Uh, Got to be diabetes. And yeah. then and then when Darlene was sitting down, the her configuration, like when she's crying in the bathroom, the configuration of her weird boots and stuff, and I thought maybe she had the metal leg. No, like, she's just wearing some crazy yeah, boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I didn't, I didn't notice that uh, character detail last here's, season. Okay, here's my headcanon. Oh. The party that they had the night <laughs> of 5-9. Yeah. Sent him into a diabetic coma. Sure. They had, he had to like amputate a thousand his legs. Reese's cups <laughs> right? instantly. Instantly, he, he just was double fisting M and M's, <laughs> and and they had to amputate his leg. Uh, so that's a new development. All right. Uh, and he, he tries to tell her that what they're doing is great, but she says it doesn't feel like it, and then copies an encryption virus to a thumb drive and gives it to him. What do you think of her? What do you think of her speech? Uh, I mean, it was it was a little like. It's coming more from a place of anger than like hope and <laughs> uh-huh. and like propelling these people forward and inspiring them. Right, it's more like a threatening speech almost. But right, yeah. I, it but I worked, think it's apparently. interesting how in universe she acknowledges that everything's it's kind sh- of the same. No, but well, also that's a shit speech, but it gets them riled up. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there's two ways. Like, I know like that this is a little bit fascist, and I know that, but that's what people need to hear. Or like, I don't even believe the ideals that I'm espousing. And but isn't I, it hang? Like, isn't there a banner for F Society like hanging right next to her? Yeah. It, the whole scene felt very. It does. She's fascist. on the balcony. Yeah. It's like you know, fucking birth of a nation shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it was kind of scary and or, or be prepared if you'd like to go for a lion king analogy okay <laughs> sure goose stepping hyenas posing with brass balls it's just it's all terrifying it's all too much yep uh what else do i want to say about this we we find out who susan jacobs is she's the general counsel at e-corp and this is her house and she's madam executioner because she kills kills lawsuits dead yep uh she she's really she's flip-flopped darlene like she's she's obviously had some time to think about it and seen the results of their actions and doesn't feel like they're winning. She's she's gone from party time to wartime. Well, I mean, because even we see like between the government and the corporate speak that they are kind of winning the PR role. Like people's confidence is is holding and the system is holding on. Yeah, and, and Darlene place... now wants to attack that confidence. Yeah. Which also ties nicely into what Angela's doing, where her confidence, you know, she's she's doing these uh, affirmations, but boosting up their confidence. Right. Lots, Uh, like I said, this stuff is all really super tightly plotted. I, I, it feels very satisfying to watch. It is. I I do like how we kind of leave Darlene in this really great place at the end of season one. Yeah. And then in season two, we come back, and it's not all happy times anymore. Sure. Why is she sobbing in the bathroom? Is it because she also brushes off the question of Elliot? Do you think that's the thing that I think that's part of it? Yeah. Like I won this great victory, but it might be the co- at the cost of my brother's sanity. Yeah, it could be, um, and not having her brother around. I mean, there's a lot of a lot like of stuff she, about loneliness in here too, right? Um, like she needs Mister Robot to be the leader, the fiery leader, and he was that for that group. Uh, yeah. But, and can she do as good a job? 
Uh, she certainly seems to be trying to, and I right. think so far so good. I mean, when when she speaks, the the people listen. Like I was expecting yeah. somebody to be like, "Shut the fuck up," you know? <laughs> like, you, yeah. you, I can't believe you broke my phone. But uh, no, everybody, she's got a measure of respect amongst the F Society throng. Yeah, at the very least, the half she's in the people. de facto leader, right? Yeah, at this point, seems like it. Um, and that's good because Mr. Robot's talking to Elliot about how every uprising needs a leader and mm-hmm. how he needs to be that, and he's obviously not ready to be that so right um uh, a woman is trying to set up settle some financial disputes with the bank of e but they aren't able to help her and when she tries to close her account out she can't because the encryption virus has locked them out of their computers and the it guy there turns out to be mobley yeah mobley i'm gonna call him mobley mm-hmm. uh yeah i so apparently there is financial strife around like Shit, it's bad shit is happening. It's starting anyway. R- okay, yeah, maybe maybe that's fair. Maybe it's just starting now. Uh, people are losing confidence in it. Yeah, but but it gives you this indication that maybe in a lot of ways more harm is being done to just the common folk than to the, the actual E Corp. Exactly, which, which is the unintended consequences of the things they've done. Exactly, collateral damage. Right, uh, and you know, for people who are, I guess aren't familiar with the tools that they're using here, this this stuff is called ransomware. And it basically locks down your computer in certain ways or encrypts your files like it does here. And they say, we want X amount of money. Um, typically like, oh, send it to, send a Bitcoin link to this email address or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and we will send you the code to unlock your files, which is a pretty standard thing that happens a lot nowadays. What do you do? Like, what do you do? Because if you give in to that, you're just, you're essentially asking to have it happen to you again. Right. But if you don't, you're out of business. I guess that's what rant. That's that's why it works. I, I just defined a whole thing of ransom. <laughs> you define the dilemma. Yes, <laughs> that is in fact the dilemma. Oh uh, uh, fuck! Yeah, I mean the the idea is never to get it in the first place. Like keep all your shit up to date. Right. It'd be a fun to... game if someone did that bald move because we'd be like, well, <laughs> I guess five point nine million. I guess we're out of business. Yeah. Right. Like uh, I hope everyone, all the bald move family, likes their zero day podcast because you'll have approximately. 13 seconds to download it before the hackers encrypt it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Share it on the pirate bed. You know, get, you know, that's the thing. That's what I tell people. It's like, if anyone got the podcast, uh, load it to a file yeah, sharing service. We, we just do BitTorrent. Yeah. We take, we two bit encryption. BitTorrent. We do, uh, your podcasts are safe. We two bit encrypt everything. Uh, some kind of, <laughs> right. <laughs> some kind of static GitHub website. Yeah. And just be done with it. Yeah. And set up a Patreon. Let page. the Stryzen effect take a, take a control. There you go. Uh, and that's the end of that episode. Intermission. No, no sorry, it's not. Uh, Susan meets with oh, right, Philip right. Price and Scott Knowles about this encryption uh, encryption lockout. She advises that they pay the ransom, but Philip notices another demand that says, hey, we also want a chief officer of the company to deliver the money in person and alone. They don't like that, but Scott volunteers. Volunteers as tribute. He does, uh, because he technically... Like, they had to point out that he qualifies as a... We know he's the CTO. I, I like, know, but like I, I feel why like... Why point that out? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, the, Did you not trying... remember all of season one where the main crux of five episodes was his battle against Tyrell to be CTO? I, 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 I'm all going to allow that on the first episode back from a lightly watched season one. Okay. Like, they're hoping that, all right, like, hey, fair. maybe we got a couple blue-collar guys, and they're not, you know... They or don't... maybe we picked up a bunch of people who didn't watch season one. Right. And are interested in season right. two. Like, okay. they don't know what a C-suite executive is, and... Fair. Sure. Fair. All right, part two. Scott shows up at the meeting place with the money, 
And eventually a bike messenger rolls up and delivers a package with an F Society mask well, in it. Before we go on, let's, yeah. let's talk structurally. What's up with this intermission? What because on television, it literally lasted two seconds. Oh, it went right into this? Yeah, it just huh. like, because again, that's limited commercial interruption. And I imagine that that's, I mean, I guess it's the same say as, as saying like the beat continued. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, mm. I kind of, uh, in, in a, a different world, I don't know if we talked about this in the podcast already. If so, I apologize. But in a different world, I wondered what this would look like if they took the very beginning of the next episode and made that the finale of uh, you know the final, you know, like him lighting the cash on fire. That would have been an awesome end of episode point. And it seems yeah. like with a very minor shifting around, they could have done that. And then they wouldn't have to do, because you said like you had to do this as a two-parter because the first part would have felt kind of unsatisfying. There was yeah. no real payoff. But if they do that burning the cash scene, I thought that was fucking incredible. Yeah. Like that whole, like, let's let's go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. So Scott shows up at the meeting place. A bike messenger rolls up, delivers an F sighty mask. And, uh, I, and I love how the Phil Collins take me home starts off just like it's ambient. Like, right. Like someone's walking by at the boom box or something. Yeah. And yeah. it eventually, and like. And eventually takes tell over. Tell me the point where it becomes the soundtrack because right. it's very right. much a continuum. It's, it's, it's amazing and immersive. Yeah, so someone calls him and tells him to follow the instructions on the mask, which he does by putting it on and burning the money as a crowd gathers around. And you can briefly see Darlene join the crowd and then walk off. This is so epic. Like, I love the way this actor opens the bag. Like, you know, and, and people are telling him not to. And he's like gingerly like, if this is a bomb, the couple. It doesn't matter how you open it, right? Like, oh, my face, I'm too pretty. Maybe it's anthrax. Sure, I guess. That, that could work. Like a poof is going to come but out But also of it. when he put that mask on, the way that lit up his eyes and, and just oh, his eyes caught fire. the reflection as it was throwing. And you could kind of see his like mania and like fear. Uh, this was just a be This. And yeah, like, and I guess Sam Ismail is it, directing I mean, all of these episodes this season. So I hear, yeah. And I was kind of nervous because he doesn't have a ton of experience, but I thought he fucking crushed this. I thought so too, yeah. Like that little detail right there was amazing. It like took my yeah. breath away. And it gives him the ability to throw in things like Darlene on a park bench as as the people jog by and like stuff that I, I'm sure, sure he could fit in like the liner notes of a script or whatever, but... Uh, you know, I, it get, it allows him to get it just right. I tell you what, this this a little strained my suspension of disbelief because I don't think you dump six million bucks on the sidewalk in New York City and people let it burn. That you got like even that you wouldn't be left to burn. Like right. people would literally be even if it was even if they thought it was fake, they yeah. would still on the chance that it wasn't. I agree with you. Like I've seen I, I thought that's what Batman. was going to happen. I thought they were just going to get him beat up because he's got a bunch of money on the right. streets in a park in New yeah. York. Yeah, uh, and, and then he burned. Go but, but also, yeah, as if the money was on fire, I would be d- diving for the ones that oh, haven't yeah. caught Kick fire. F- yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd, 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 here. I'd risk a few third degree burns. I, I don't think that I would beat the man or kill the man for the money, but no. I would kick the fire out of the way. Hell yeah! Right. Because uh, if I knew it was Tyrell Wellick, I'd beat him to death. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like if I was literally aware, of he deserves him. it. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. With a uh, lead pipe, even. So the thing that I really love about this scene is, and this show in general is that it has me as an audience member very paranoid. Uh-huh. Like I am, I'm in Scott Knowles' is... position there. I'm looking at corners of the frames, like where's this going to come from? Because what's this do to the dog? The guy, the dog's coming at me sideways. And it's not even that. It's like. I know the language of the show will put things in weird places in the frame. So I'm looking everywhere sure. but the center of the frame, but sure. the obvious places. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's, I'm Scott it, Knowles It sells in that you moment. that paranoia, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's really well constructed. Uh, and and the idea that you know they're forcing this E Corp chief to participate in F Society, and and it's this brilliant. is an obvious symbology. It's, I mean, the five point nine million is five nine uh, yep. representation. It's, it's epic. It's it's amazing. It's it, perfect. It's every bit as good as like the Battle of the Blackwater in its own way. Can we talk about the Phil Collins song "Take Me sure. Home"? Can we talk about it in detail? Yeah, I mean, and how I, it might relate to "One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest." <laughs> oh, okay, I'm bu- so I'm so buckled Phil, in. Phil Collins himself has said that the lyrics of "Take Me Home" refer to a patient in a mental. About him seeing a guy drowning off a pier, right? Uh, maybe. No, that's I'm making a joke about it in the air tonight. Oh, okay. All of his songs are just every single one. It's all about a man drowning off a pier. Couldn't get out of his head. Even uh, Susu Studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so apparently he has said that it's the the lyrics are based on the novel One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest huh. about a patient in a mental institution. Now, okay, things are going to get a little crazy here. Okay. First of all, Jack Nicholson plays McMurphy in One Flew, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people compare Christian Slater to Jack Nicholson in his performance. Of course, of course. Uh, you know that doesn't get by Sam Esmail. He's probably sure. aware of that. So, I mean, Chief, and, and at one point in Christian Slater's career, he just fully fucking leaned into that. Yeah. He was just full on yeah. Jack Nicholsoning, And he's still doing a little of it here. I, he can't help but do yeah. it. Uh, so Chief is apparently the first person narrator of the book, and you're never completely sure if what he's telling you is absolutely true or uh-huh. if it's partly delusion. Uh Obviously, there is a chief in this scene burning the money sure. that F Society wanted him to. Um, and later on, when we get to the basketball stuff, Ray calls Elliot chief. He says, feeling okay, chief? Right. When he's like, I don't remember talking to you. There's a lot of detail in there that maybe connects Was Elliot going to throw a radiator out of his uh, upstairs bedroom and escape at the end of the season? <laughs> yes. Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> right. Uh wow wow so I have one question okay is any of that real <laughs> God <laughs> let's uh, move on okay because <laughs> uh, all of this will come full circle I feel when we talk about okay. the theories later okay Philip Price meets with Feds in Washington he's trying to get more money out of them to resolve the tech crisis and they refuse and they tell him to resign <laughs> instead he tells a story about FDR's bank holiday. And the confidence scheme that the bank sold to the public, which pulled them out of the Depression, to illustrate how bad of an idea it is for him to resign right now, and he tells them, get the bailout done. It is painful to hear these characters talk as if our entire monetary system is a Ponzi scheme, because (laughs) that's, like, I feel like the first time anyone starts studying economics, that's the first thing they realize, like, what the fuck? This is all smoke and mirrors. And if you keep pushing through, you realize, oh, okay, there's a, there's a, there's a deeper level of understanding. Sure, some but again, of it is based on confidence. Some of it, sure, there are like you know the idea that if people decided not to participate in the system, but that's the same as saying right. like if you tomorrow morning if everyone walked out at your company, it would destroy the company. That doesn't mean you fucking own the company or the company right. is bullshit. It just means that if all the labor guts up and walks, then. There you go. Like so, if everyone decided not to participate in the economic system, yeah. it would collapse. But that is very much at risk of happening. Sure, I mean, yeah. a, an incident like this, they could lose faith. Faith that the people, system will keep their money safe. People are, you know, and nowadays I think it's even worse because back in the day, you could have a mattress full of cash. Yeah, 
no one does that nowadays, I don't think, because it's been so long since the great, you know, we've had the Great Depression that, you know, uh, we've talked about, like, how much is, how much you got in your wallet right now? I got I got $23. In exactly. gold or in cash? In Because I carry gold, gold bricks with me. Yeah, you got bullion. At all time, yeah. All right. That's why my pants hang so low. I keep all my money in the latinum I keep in my third stomach. <laughs> no safer <laughs> <Right>. investments. <laughs> okay, Morn, is that his name? I think, I think all right. so. That's why I'm losing my hair. <laughs> and my beard and my beard's going uh, preternaturally gray. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> good, good. This is all an elaborate Deep Space Nine goof. Yeah. If you're not a Trek nerd, uh, but you're watching Mr. Robot, so who the hell am I talking? Who am I kidding? Sure. Um, I think nowadays that would be terrifying. Like, you know, sure, I've got a savings account with X amount of you know zeros behind it, but. Mm-hmm. Something like this happens, and you you know run on banks become real, and also it's it's kind of interesting that the the whole FDIC and that you know your money's guaranteed up to a hundred thousand dollars that was put in place back in the thirties, man. Right, like you know if your retirement account you you you're smart and you're in your late fifties and you got a million, two, three million in there, that's yeah. not none of that's covered by FDIC number one and number two. $100,000 ain't going to cut it if you want to retire. Nope. Not at all. Uh, the protections we put in place to make sure something, something like this will never happen again have not really been stepped up to keep up with our modern world. So much of what yeah. we use as our safety net is not is not federally insured. So, Yeah, I mean, I guess I do agree with Philip in this, in this scene. Um, you know, it's probably not a great idea for him to step down right now. A, he already has his hands in the problem. Especially if you've got a grant the Evil Corp is this omnipotent, yeah. uh, too big to fail across several sectors company, sure. Yeah. And, and B, like he says, I think there is a certain amount of confidence that feed, can feed back into the situation mm-hmm. and make it worse if it's if it's not there. So, But this is the speech I thought was, was a couple feet too high for me. Like the fact that this CEO would would be this dismissed, and the fact that like you know they got the one guy with like fucking yeah, yeah. spit on his lips, like I you know I, I don't know it it rubbed me the wrong way that mm-hmm. I guess my house of cards conflicts with my Mister Robot, and I'm thinking like Francis Underwood, he would cut this guy's bronze balls off right then and there. Sure. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, you're powerful, but you're not the fucking United States government. Yeah. And I, I think you could have made the same speech with not as con, but they're trying to make this guy out to be the ultimate evil. Yep. So I have to roll with that. So we go to Joanna, who's up to her freaky sex stuff with a new dude, and he cuts her and he slaps her. That's pretty much that scene in its entirety. Did you think the second one was like a straight up punch? Uh, did enough damage to cause her to bleed. Yeah, I thought I thought the first was a slap, but then it seemed like he just did a straight, straight on jab right to the face. Maybe she wasn't complaining, so yeah. apparently that's what gets her off. Uh, Dominique, whose name I don't think we actually know at the moment, <laughs> talks to a store clerk as she checks out, and then we go to her job and find out she's an FBI investigator and she's speaking with Gideon. I think this is cool because. It's it's Grace Gummer. Do you know that? Have you are you familiar with this actress's work? I feel like I've seen her face, but not, I don't know what she's she because she she was she's been in the last few American horror stories. Oh yeah, uh, Meryl Streep's daughter. Uh, I can totally see I, that. I, that's yep. the thing. When yep. Cecily told me, I'm like, oh, of course, makes perfect of sense. Fucking course, it is. 
Yeah. Uh, so I think that's because I think she's a solid actor, and mm-hmm. um, you know, like she's they they drop some casual hints that she speaks Farsi, right? Which probably implies that she's got experience in counterterrorism work, or maybe even maybe interrogation, in maybe particular, even done stuff in the Middle East. Yeah. Um, she's working for the FBI. I, I feel like they're establishing her as a cool customer, like the anti Elliot. Yeah. Like she's like just completely socially confident, and even when people are giving her shit, doesn't care. Pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think she's going to be the main adversary for yeah. society and possibly Elliot this season. Shaping up to be formidable, too. Yeah. So Elliot's wondering about the edges of order and chaos, his own mask and ours, over a basketball game. And the ball gets away from those guys, and Leon gets into a confrontation with one of the players. A guy with a dog, played by Craig Robinson, his name's Ray, uh, diffuses the situation, then tries to start a conversation with Elliot. He starts in on something about technology, and Elliot shuts down the conversation in the coldest way possible, then walks home. Leon is Elliot, right? Leon is Elliot. Hmm. Okay, let's talk about the theories. <laughs> the prison theory? I know you've been itching to talk about this prison theory. Uh, sure. Uh, let me scroll up to the top of the page. Because I'm going I'm to say, even with the prison theory, I think, no, Leon is not Elliot. But after this confrontation scene, he's never seen again. Right. Like, I feel like this so is I where the universe happened... collapses into a singularity and Leon and, and the Mr. And, and, and Elliot persona combine. So there's also... Th- hmm. Okay, I don't know how much preface we need for this, but there's also a theory that Ray might be a guard. Right. Like well, a prison guard. Let's... And- and so let's get into this. That Leon might actually be in solitary or something for starting that conversation, that confrontation, rather. Boy, that's a strict prison that you just talk shit and you get You talk s- shit, you, get you throw a ball, you threaten a fight, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Chris A. writes in and says, Have you guys heard of the prison theory for season two? The theory mm-hmm. is that knocking the door at the end of season one is the police or the FBI, and Elliot is now in prison. Evidence for the theory. Meeting with Gideon was a visitation, and Gideon is threatening to testify against him. Because of this, F Society has him killed on the outside. That's plausible, yeah? Wait, say that one more time? So, so the meeting with Gideon, we're in mm-hmm. her dark room and her across from a table, and there's a authoritarian figure that's watching over them. That was Gideon visiting him in prison, like through okay. the glass and trying to you know, threaten to testify against him if, unless Elliot cooperates. And because of this, F Society has him killed on the outside. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's that's meeting meet, meeting Elliot in, in prison. And uh, does Elliot want to slit Gideon's throat because of this? And, like, he's unable to because of the barrier there, um, right. even though he mentally imagines it happening? Right. That's that. I, okay. I mean, that's, wow, nice theory crafting, Jim. That actually <laughs> makes fly. sense because, again, yeah. Elliot couldn't keep Mr. Robot from getting his face punched last exactly, season. Exactly, yeah. Um, Elliot's room has the look of a prison cell. The yep. building he runs by on his way home from park, all the buildings appear to have bars on their windows. Right. Leon he, is on his desk. He has a comb and a toothbrush. Right. Which Just, are two things you in see county. in prison a lot. Yeah. yeah I, every time I go down there, it's like you get a free toothbrush. Uh, Le- <laughs> <laughs> Leon is a fellow inmate that he shares meals with every day in the same place, and he talks about a 20-year-old TV show that's popular and, and widely available in syndication. Something you'd get on a prison television? Right, right. That's a thing. Like, uh, apparently, Leon is the name of the of 
what what is his name? Larry David's like live in friend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Curb Your Enthusiasm, I just started who, watching Curb because it's coming back, and I was like, yeah, it's time to start plowing into it. And, and at some point, he visits the set of them filming a Seinfeld episode, and his mind is blown. He's never seen it. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's never seen Seinfeld before, oh, and he's just discovering it. So like, you there's are this other layer of fresh theory crafting. No, Jim. that's Reddit. That's, Super exciting. That's Reddit. Okay. Uh, Ray, the character you're discussing, is. Uh, uh, some kind of prison therapist or psychologist with a therapy dog that's trying to get Mr. Robot or uh, get okay. Elliot out of his shell. I've heard uh, of prison guard as well. The church group meetings could be, you know, that's something that's available in prison to support group meetings. Yeah. Prison yard style basketball games mm-hmm. uh, where you're playing a really shitty prison ball. Obviously. And, and you know, Ray's talking about how these guys think they want to show you one mask and, and yeah, you see another. Which... They want to be, they want to show you like, Guys they're, who are they're, tough they're killers yeah. and, and will fuck you up. Yeah. But really, they're just shitty basketball players. Like, right. that's their focus. Uh, and they say, finally, at the end of the... This is the weakest piece of evidence. Finally, the phone at the end of episode two seems to have an eerie similarity to a quote-unquote prison phone. Whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess that means, like, I, the pay phones that they use? I, I, I don't know. That that's I thought that yeah. was kind of the weakest part of the evidence. But... Pretty plausible theory. I think hard, so. Hard to directly con- contradict any of that shit. It really is, and it and the more pieces of that you put together, the more it feels right. Yeah, uh, it's one of those theories where it's not like there's just one or two pieces of evidence, and then there's three or four glaring omissions. There's like, yeah. man, this does seem to track internally. Yeah, it does. Uh, I, I think I have some more on it later, possibly, but for okay. now, I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, are you ready to move on? Yes. Okay. Joanna's boy toy, I guess, uh, tries I... to have a conversation with uh, her, but she's not into it. Then government-issued face man comes up to the room and yes. gets Joanna out of the tub. The return <laughs> of government-issued face man. Yeah. Uh, is he her driver, or is he... So I saw some people in the forum speculating that he was actually an FBI agent that's there to pick her up for an interview. Well, he was doing the bidding of Tyrell the first season. Right. So he must be in okay. the employ yeah, of a, either E-Corp or Tyrell personally or right. that family. Yeah. So she, he's probably the driver or some kind of gentleman's yeah. gentleman or valet kind I of thing. I think so. Uh, and then Joanna tells this dude to get out. Not not government issue face man, the boy toy. Uh-huh. Uh, to get out because they can't be seen together. Plus, he's kind of just ruining things. Yeah. he He's talking too much about what they did and she uh-huh. just likes to leave it be. Yeah. You know. I don't blame her. This right. guy seems pretty annoying, pretty needy, whereas she is not. Uh, you know, but on the other hand, uh, <laughs> that's the other thing. Is like, what is this dude catching feelings for this girl? Like, uh, maybe he can't help it. Yeah, I'm just saying that. Like, if you if you meet a crazy hot, kinky chick that's married to some other dude, just don't fall for her. <laughs> don't ask too many questions. Right. Enjoy it for what it is, and then get out when it inevitably flames and smashes into a mountainside, you know? Like, this sure. this guy, what the hell? What the hell, man? Can't help himself. Uh, so, Angela's taking calls, trying to secure the most favorable interview conditions for E-Corp that she can. Uh, she's playing hardball, and her assistant is shocked when she hangs up on Bloomberg TV. Uh, she has to... Well, and they also set this up where they're just talking shit about it. Like, this bitch came out of nowhere, and everyone hates right. her, and Melissa hates her. And you find out Melissa's their, their mutual boss. Yes. 
Uh, and I didn't think it was her list, uh, uh, assistant. I thought that that was just like one of her like coworkers. Equals. Coworker. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it could be the, the way that Angela was like ordering her around, like get out of here, that kind of stuff. Felt I think like that's, an underling, but, but I think that's just her making a power play. Yeah. Uh, and they dropped a f- an unvarnished fuck bomb right. on USA. AMC, what the fuck? I better hear an F-bomb per season from all your premium shows from here on out because there's no more excuses. Yeah. USA Group is saying... Wait, not USA Group. USA Network is saying fuck with abandon. They're, they're and it's impactful. The game. Yeah. Uh, so this woman goes to tattle on Angela to Melissa, who's probably higher up, probably their boss. But by the time they return, Angela has secured all of the conditions for her interview with Bloomberg TV. Which is a little nice and neat. Like, Yeah. I, uh, I mean, it, she seems like I don't know where this ultra-capable Ice Queen came from, but whatever. It's right. kind of awesome, I suppose. I mean, this is done in so many shows. I mean, I can think of Breaking Bad with the car really? wash. Yeah, I remember how Skyler did, like, the car wash gambit. Uh, with but they built her up for a lot of seasons of being kind of like. Oh right, I mean it didn't come out of nowhere. Sure, that's what I'm saying. Like Angela, like they that this career she went through like three seasons worth of development uh, in, in the last yeah. final fi- final few episodes. Yeah, right, and it's uh, continuing. And, and I'm apparently completely wrong about Angela. Like I had said in the season two preview cast, I thought she was really trying to do this from within thing. Well, she's a fucking monster now. It does seem like it, although. I- there's argument to say that maybe she feels like she needs to get deeper. Like, like if you really wanted to be an effective okay, that's double dangerous agent, game. Ha- I get, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you, you know, you you gaze into the abyss long enough, and the abyss gazes back. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I do feel like there's a little bit ethereal quality to her conversation with the civil rights lawyer. I guess is what you, you call so? that. Okay. Um, I don't. I mean, she. It just seems like a person playing an affect. Mm-hmm. Could be. Which, could be. you know, that could just be a shitty acting. But she didn't strike me as a shitty actor last season. No, so. no. They're really mining the uh, but then House again, of Cards cast for sure. the show. Yeah, like, this was the her lawyer friend the first season or two. Right, mm-hmm. right. Her lawyer friend is from House of Cards, government issue face man. We're going to see Stamper stamping. I, ooh, yeah, you get Stamper as an FBI agent. <laughs> oh, I'd be happy. So Joanna arrives home. I'd be worried for Grace Glummer. That's or Gummer, that's for sure. Uh, and she finds a package on her doorstep. She opens it to find a music box with a phone tape to the bottom. Pretty uh, surprising. I thought like after like three boxes deep, I'm like, what are we going to get a Pandora necklace with a fucking gift bangle on it? Like, what is this? This is infinite recursion here. But there's a phone tape to it. Yeah, clearly from someone who surreptitiously wants to contact her. Yep. Uh, Angela meets her, fr- her lawyer friend at a bar. She breaks the news that she likes her job too much and she's not quitting, as they had agreed earlier. Uh, she tries to defend her decision by getting high and mighty about having value and how E-Corp understands that. And before leaving, uh, her lawyer friend tells a story to imply that Angela's a whore. Sweet whore joke, Burn. Right. Uh, this is... Man, they trod this... This joke is everywhere. Right. Like, this is nothing new. Right. I would like for Angela to be like, everyone's heard this joke. Right. You're not as clever as you think I, that you are. No. And also, I'm going to pick up this dude for like $5 and pizza. Right. That's you should have given me a speech about a bank holiday. <laughs> I would have I really got down on that. Uh, uh, but yeah, guy sits down next to her and asks if she's alone. Later that night, we see them together in bed, and Angela gets up and watches motivational videos to reinforce her value. So here's where my mental health 
comes in. Your mental, personal mental health? Because I, I, after I got out of the cult, I went through years of therapy to get mentally healthy. And one of the things that my therapist encouraged me to do is these type of affirmations where you look yourself in a mirror and Stuart Smiley. And I'm like, no, this does is Does that stu- do this- anything? It does. Really? And it, you feel... I would just feel like a fool. You do. You know, you do. You totally do. <laughs> okay. You totally do. Every but time I said it, my value would go down in my it's own It's kind of like when you first start working out or you do yoga, you're fucking looking ridiculous. You look like some kind of, you know, spastic toy that's running out of batteries. But eventually you Fair. get, you know, like, oh, I'm holding the tree pose pretty well. Uh, so this stuff works. I believe it works. It might not work for everybody, but it worked for me. But I, I in the back hold... of my mind, my worst nightmare was because I have a lot of this baggage of I'm a bad person. <laughs> Deep down, I'm dishonest. I'm a fraud. Right. Everyone's going to see through me if I just let a slip in my crack or my armor. And this a- affirmations are to kind of attack these ideas. But my 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 deepest thought, my deepest fear was that I'm still a bad person. This affirmation is a social hack to convince myself I'm a good person so I can function as a healthy person. But but that eventually goes away when you're doing this? Well, it came screaming back when I'm watching Angela, who seems like a pretty <laughs> terrible person, making herself okay by using these affirmations. Like, this yeah. is literally my one of my deep-seated fears, and it really kind of fucked with me. It's like a bandage on a festering wound. Yeah. Like, you yeah. don't clean it out, you just slap a Band-Aid over it. Yeah. Uh... I don't know, man, because, like, it's a little chilling that if that just works for everyone, like, you know, Hitler, uh, maybe he kept affirmations up, and that's how he slept at night. Like, that's kind of frightening that you can hack your own self to be cool. This mustache is not silly! So so then it's like, you know, what is being a good person? I... Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it seems crazy. It seems, like, actually literally crazy to think that this kind of affirmation would work, but well, the idea is that one of the ideas is that um, as if if you if if you identify with what I said about being like a social fraud and all that stuff, is that you have an internal voice in your head telling you these things. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it's it's actually uh, you're you're recognized not like as a crazy voice, but as like this internal you know your inner critic is what they call it. Right. So like if you for thirty years have been listening to your inner critic say you're a bad boy and your mom's angry with you and you. You know, uh, your 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 boss secretly hate. If if you've been hearing that, that you need to reverse that. You pattern. have to reverse it, yeah. and it's essentially like you know behavioral, you, 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 like like a, a like like a, a Pavlovian thing. You're just you're just essentially re you're you're hacking your brain. Um, I just I don't know how it works when it's coming from you as the source. Like well, I the would inner think like a group, you. like a group therapy, right? Yeah. But not but not the thing that triggered the inner critic, right? Like sure being told by your parents you're shit and you're worthless. Well, that that's was part of it. Like, I was in the group, you know, like, group therapy okay, for yeah, yeah. A, at least a year. Um, I would think that would be real effective. Sure. No, but, that group, but what do I know? I don't have It's funny, because, like, uh, there's a lot of anic- there's a lot of evidence, not anecdotal evidence, that, like, group therapy works gangbusters for men, but not for women. Yep. Okay. Don't know why. Hmm. Not going to comment on the veracity. It's just something that I've, I've seen bandied about in scholarly circles. Okay. Uh, so, uh, there's this idea that that you know it, her lawyer friend calls her a whore essentially uh-huh. and then she immediately gets hit on and takes this guy up to her room sure uh to really drive that point home i guess go one further i actually thought that she was going to at one point say thousand dollars <laughs> okay to be like fuck it i'll get another pair of pradas out of this right. why not and he goes how about a dollar <laughs> how about one sure she says fine 
Uh, and then, you know, her lawyer friend asks her, are you alone? And I, I feel like, uh, is it the lawyer friend or is it the videotape that asked her, are you alone? I don't know. At some point she gets asked that. And I, I feel like a lot of this might be a consequence of not having Elliot by her side anymore. Cause like the, the energies that they fed off of and the reason they became friends might've been keeping them both in a little bit healthier state. That's scary. If Elliot's what's keeping you from the mouth of madness. Well, not necessarily the mouth of madness, but the mouth of being like this mouth of this corporation, like yeah, the, the yeah. career path. It's, it's that like she's a stone on. arch that's lean, you know, that's it's got the keystone that's keeping it from from falling, you know. Take out one pillar. Like it's all, it's, yeah, it's yeah. one thing. It's like, so uh, that their relationship was the keystone that kept them both stable. That's kind of an interesting theory. I mean, Elliot's talking about being alone too, and like, yeah. just it's all that kind of loneliness stuff is is built up in their relationship. Um. I don't know. It was, it was just a thought. Anyway, Ray tries to talk to Elliot at the next basketball game. Uh, Elliot tries to shut down the conversation, which puzzles Ray, who insists that they talked the night before. And Elliot realizes Mr. Robot must have called the guy or or met with him. So he rushes home to check his journal, and Mr. Robot appears, telling him that he's going to prove that Elliot uh, to Elliot that people see Mr. Robot when they talk to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elliot laughs hysterically, which angers Mr. Robot, and he pulls a gun again. But this time, Elliot demands that Mr. Robot tell him where Tyrell is or shoot him again because the only one who's going to go mad is him. Man, Elliot laughing is the most unsettling thing I've seen this year. (laughs) It sure is. And I've seen The Conjuring, too. (laughs) And The Witch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'll put put Elliot laughing up against Black Phillip. I'll put him Uh up against Creepy Nun. (laughs) Like, that shit is, like unhinged you can't tell if he's laughing or crying and his face is way too wide like it (laughs) looks like it's gonna split in half yeah intense man intense yeah and i love how he flips this around on mr robot look i may be insane but i'm gonna drive you insane with how how deep i get into the routine and i'm the real person we think so you'll be fucked right (laughs) because if you're a crazy construct what does that even mean right uh i guess there's I, I can't imagine that the possibility that Mr. Robot is the actual person is a real thing, unless Elliot is not his real name and his dad's name was Elliot. Well, I mean, I, I, he has some some other name. When I think when when I say that Mr. Robot's the real person, I mean that that's the dominant personality, and the right, right. Elliot is a recent invention. Okay, well, I I jumped to to I skipped a beat here, which okay. is to say that some people are proposing that Mr. Robot Christian is, Slater is the actual living human being here, huh. and that Elliot, in fact, is not. Uh, a real person, but that doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't think given not Angela's relationship with him yet, Mister. But but yeah, he hasn't physically aged. the The relationships he has doesn't seem age appropriate for an older Christian Slater. Yeah, and yeah. Also, why would Elliot? Why would the construct visibly aged? Right. So yeah, I don't it, I don't know about that. All all good questions. I I don't think that theory is true. Yeah, but it's out there. Uh. Yeah, I, I don't know. This, this scene is another really, really solid one. Uh, and it has Mr. Robot worried by the end of it. Sure. Like, this is the first time that he's kind of backed on his heels. Yeah. Like, how many times can you shoot me? He, You've asserted that eventually one of the times my bullet's going to hit home, but what if these bullets are, take, you know, you, you know, are taking things out of you? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's cracked the code, right? Yeah. Like, as long as I don't give in and I continue the routine, there is nothing you can do. Right. Although... I'm not sure how he can be so confident, given that he talked with Ray 
the previous night without realizing it, and Mr. Sure. Robot was clearly behind that. Maybe he's just going to stay up all night. He, I think he tried to, which is why he falls asleep in his next group meeting. Yeah, and I think that maybe that's going to be something that gets his substance uh, abuse issues, which if he's in prison... He wouldn't be able to... Well, nah. No, I was going to say, it's. I, I just got it. done with Orange of New Black. You can get drugs in right. prison. Right, yeah. Uh, but it's probably not as easy, and are you going to be able to get the withdrawal medications Yeah, that, that has kept him on his, his balance? I... I don't know, like how how tortured is his psyche going to get this season? Like, I it's, it's going to get more tortured before sure. it gets better. Yeah, it, it it looks like there's a lot of bad things going to happen for Elliot this season. Yeah. Uh, now it's interesting the way that Mister Robot was trying to use his routine almost against him, right? Like, uh-huh. I've got this dedicated space of time that I know I'm going to have access. Right. I can be Mister Robot. Right. Uh, and and it almost worked against him, and now Elliot's. But purposefully breaking that routine, right? When Ray, when he realizes, oh my God, Mister Robot talked with Ray, he breaks his routine. He runs home. He looks at mm-hmm. his journal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's he's breaking his routine by not going to sleep. Like, right? That might actually have consequences that he didn't intend as well. I think one of the consequences is the death of Gideon. Okay, yeah, so let's go to that. Gideon's drinking alone at a bar. A man sits next to him and tries to strike up a conversation. He reveals that he knows who Gideon is, and eventually he pulls a gun and shoots Gideon through the neck, claiming he's a crisis actor, and Gideon is dead. Another just amazing scene where you're like, oh, is this guy going to start shit with Gideon? Oh, is he trying to pick up Gideon? Oh, yeah. he's just uh, uh, you know, a crazy political guy, and then he's John Wilkes Booth. Yeah. Uh yeah, and you know Gideon was we talked about kind of the one pure thing in this show, right? And it was so sad about you know that he, this this good man has been wrecked and his boyfriend's left him or was it? No, it's his his husband. His husband, yeah, because uh, he had the wedding ring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so my theory is that Mister Robot put him up to it. That's what that's what uh, one of the things that uh, uh, Elliot doesn't remember. And when he wakes up... So he's commissioning a hit from inside the prison? Well, I don't know how to fit that in with the prison theory. Okay. <laughs> uh, so but you, you've been the one on fire at the theorycraft, and you'd have to help me out on that. But I feel like that, that that's the implication. Because when he wakes up and he's holding that, that phone, uh, and, and, and yeah. the person t- calls him, I thought... You said it sounded like Tyrell's voice. I think it sounds much more like the guy who murdered Gideon's voice. On the other hand, him saying Bonsoir, that is a very Tyrell thing to do. Right. And especially if he's on the run and maybe in a different country, like you might, you might hear him say that. Like maybe that's an indication as to where he is. Uh, but I, I don't know. Um, but the playful tone sounded much more like the Brock character that kills Gideon than it does hmm. anything else. Okay. So you think he's on his trail? And also the fact that him. like, you know, all this shit is tied in, like it all happens concurrently. You know, although I guess Elliot falling asleep and then waking up—that if they wanted to really connect that, he would have fallen asleep before the scene and he woke up afterwards. I—I I don't know. I—I I just didn't feel like it sounded like Tyrell, and okay. I'm probably going to be wrong. I thought it did sound like him, but it's possible See, I'm there wrong you go. too. So. There you go. Uh, for people who don't know what crisis actors are, that uh-huh. term is thrown around a lot in the media now. Uh, it's basically people who. You know, there's a lot of theories out there about people who get paid to show up to crises and act 
uh, act a fool, basically, like uh-huh. cry and wail and get overly excited about certain things sure. in order to stir up the media response yep. and, and the public at large. So that's what he's claiming that Gideon is doing here. He's he's a puppet for E-Corp, and that's why he has to die. Well, actually, I thought he was saying that he's the Patsy and that the Brock character is the crisis actor. He says you're the ultimate crisis actor. Did he? Before I he shoots him. Huh. Okay. I, I think so. My, it might be that my notes, I got my, I, my, my notes are imperfect because I don't look at the screen when I'm typing stuff. So, but I, I thought he, he said, I'm going to be the uh, hero. But anyway. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, so, so it's not is... proved that these things, that crisis actors are real things. Uh, it's, it's something that may or may not be conspiracy theory. I don't know. I feel like that there's been certain. enough evidence that this definitely this shit definitely happens. I mean, I've heard of like, you know, people instigating uh unrest at um f- fuck, I can't think of the term. Right. Protests. Yeah. I I have heard of people getting there's paid to protest and, and then a couple the bad actors come and start throwing rocks and then the police crack down on Exactly. Everything. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a fine line between crisis acting and like propaganda because I know there's also sure. like in the Middle East several instances where there's photographic evidence of people like staging bodies and like there's definitely a tragedy there. But then they're uh, going in there and they're you know carefully staging things for maximum impact. Right, and no one's saying that yeah, there is waving a bloody shirts, etc. You know, right? It's that the crisis actor comes in and makes it a bigger deal. Yeah, uh, for the media, gives them the shots that they need. But so what? So what? What is the point here? That that the government has this all pinned on Gideon, and he's this tapioca bowl of pudding, and uh, like, well, now we've got him in custody, and he's taken care. Of, and by killing him, that's going to deny. I I, I can't because because like um, Lee Harvey Hos- or Lee Harvey. Lee Harvey Oswald mm-hmm. was killed and he was the patsy and that was kind of like part of the cover up if you believe in the conspiracy theory which I don't but so is this part of the cover up or is this the prevention burying of the cover up like they're going to it might be they're creating a patsy trying... and then like you know if they actually stand trial this is all the evidence is going to fall apart so let's right. kill him and make it nice and neat yeah so if if Mr. Robot put this guy up to it mm-hmm. uh Killing Gideon certainly could cast some uh, some negative light on E Corp in from another direction, right? Uh-huh. Like, oh, they took out the guy who who either was the cause of it or like of this hack mm-hmm. because that's what he's being blamed for. Right? Um, maybe they put a hit out on him. We need E Corp. We need Grace Gummer on the case. Yeah, she yeah, she's unravel dig all to this shit. So I don't know. It certainly complicates the issue and. Yeah, I feel like I want at least one more episode <laughs> to really figure it out. Right. Uh, but we go to Joanna playing the music box when the baby starts crying in another room. She goes in there to tend to it and misses a call on the phone. And the music continues to play as Elliot's group session leader reads from the Bible and he falls asleep. When he does, he's on the phone in his mother's house. And when the other end picks up, there's a voice that just says, Bonsoir, Elliot. I like the fact that in the Revelation 21 uh, verse ties into what Mr. Robot said last year, that I'm your prophet, you're my God. And this scripture mm-hmm. is all about the tent, you know, God spreading his tent with all mankind and kind of inviting people into this paradise where there's going to be no more pain or suffering and like this new, this new literal new system that he's going to usher in. Uh-huh. And this is like a lullaby to Elliot. I thought that was kind of interesting. 
Okay. Huh. Like, do angels read God the Bible so he can go to sleep? Right. <laughs> it's very comforting to him. Like, yeah. uh, the, the thing you put in motion will be good for everyone yeah. eventually. Yeah. Until sure. you wake up and you find out Gideon's dead. And, and Did you think Ty- that uh, Tyrell's wife, what did you say her name was? Joanna. Joanna, that, that she was going to do something weird with the baby. No. I'm on no. weird. Like, these people are so fucking weird. I'm on, like, uh, Jillian from Boardwalk Empire Watch. Like, when's she going to start kissing the Winky? This is not, like... No, come I'm pretty on, much. Come on. I saw come the phone USA. There. You already said fuck. I don't need that's as far as you need to get. Don't need to kill any babies. Don't need to kill any babies or molest babies, please. Can right. can I can I uh, can I get through a show without something that churns my stomach? Uh yeah. No, I, I saw the phone sitting there. I was like, okay, she's gonna miss something now that's important. Obviously Brock. No. <laughs> that's obviously Tyrell. I mean, that's depending on whether you think Tyrell's alive I, or not. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how Tyrell's it could dead be. Too. That's the other. But is it uh, any but real, Jim? It, it could. It could even be Elliot. I mean, Elliot has met her once. Maybe sure. they, they had a weird conversation. We Maybe how, they had a relationship. Like, Helen Bottom Carner. That 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 yeah. conversation was. Uh, it could be you know Elliot in the form of Mister Robot at that moment. Yeah, because it does coincide with Elliot's phone call. So you got to wonder. This show. This fucking show. Yeah. And then I the final after credits thing, this Esmail Corp, I don't I don't know if that's just like the production house that he goes under or or whatever whatever moniker he goes under, but there's a logo very similar to E Corp. Mm. It's got the, the three bars that kinda go at an angle. Huh. So as, yeah, I, just, an e. I didn't even know that that was considered a post credit sequence. I don't know that it is. It might just be like, you know, a bad robot or whatever. Right. Uh, anyway, that's the end of the, those two episodes. Hey, everybody. This is Aaron. Uh, I want to draw people's attention to our club. Uh, if you like what we do with Mr. Robot and all of our other podcasts we do, because we got tons of them, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, Leftovers, Fargo, the list goes on and on. You can get all that at baldmove.com. The only reason we're able to do the not just the, the breadth but the depth of our coverage is because we do this as full-time podcasters, and the generosity of our fans enables us to do that. If you go to club.baldmove.com, you can find out how you can join the uh, Club Bald Move and get extra bonus features, such as our uh, you know, lunches with Jim and Aaron. We also have this feature we just released uh, this week, Quip, which is Quit Your Pitching, which is where Jim and I trade pitches for fictional TV shows that we generate through some kind of internet random process. This week we considered Mad Ramen, Lunar Kind, Surprisingly Pisces, Average Tokyo High School, Spit Shining Bronzeburg, Filthy Amateur Folk, Pregnant or, or organ donors and Ivy Bag Island. Uh, I thought it was surprisingly entertaining. If you want to check out this and other exclusive content, like ad-free feeds to the podcast, uh, exclusive VIP access to our forums, you can do so at club.baldmove.com for as little as a buck a month. It's a fantastic deal. Uh, please support independent podcasting so we can keep doing what we're doing. Uh, join club.baldmove.com. Do we have some feedback to get to? Oh boy, do I! Um, if you like to send feedback to us, you can do so at robots at baldmove dot com. Just robot, no Mister, just robot. Robot at baldmove dot com, or you can discuss uh, each episode. We'll have a dedicated thread to it on our forums at forums at baldmove dot com. Uh, we have a whole Mister Robot sub sub uh, forum. So if you want to get crazy with theory crafting on there, tell me how stupid I am for thinking Tyrell's dead by a popcorn gun. <laughs> uh, please, please do it there. Uh, Matt Ells, first up, says, I think I found an interesting reference or parallel to Fight Club. In episode three, Jillian asks, uh, or I think it's Gideon, asks Elliot about the bruises and injuries on his face, which he got after Mr. Robot pushed him off the boardwalk. 
Elliot refuses to divulge anything and tells Gideon that he doesn't want him asking about his personal life. This is quite similar to the experience of real-life author Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah, however you say his name. Uh, who's Palinic. the author of Fight Club. Um, we talked about this on the Fight Club podcast recorded, but his life experience was that he got assaulted some night, got really beat up by an yep. a, a, assailant, and he come into work and people refused to acknowledge his injuries. Like, not like, wow, you had a crazy fucked up weekend. Um, and and that, that disturbed him so much that he kind of created Fight Club from that one experience. Yeah, you see that happen to Ed Norton in the movie. Yeah, and this is, you know, kind of like, I guess, the anti-Fight Club, that this was, uh, you know, someone... And I always thought that was weird. Like, where did you work at that... No, Like, I can't think of any job I've ever held that I don't come in with even just a shiner. He's a boxing coach. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he works at an MMA gym. That would right. be the funniest. He works at an MMA gym. What? You're not going to say anything about yeah. this? Look at my face. Yeah, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> I thought you cared. Um, but, you know, I, I've never worked at a place where people wouldn't acknowledge. And I've worked yeah. at Fortune 500 companies. I've worked at fucking FedEx and Walmart. Like, yeah. I walk in, someone's going to be like, what the fuck happened to your face, man? Yep. So, Same here. Uh, he also says, you guys were wondering on the preseason cast when Elliot's father might have died. Uh, he included a screenshot of the man's tombstone that read that he died 19. on February 28th, 1995. Right. The flashback was dated in 94 with Elliot being just a young kid, probably around 10. Uh, so that kind of like fills at that little detail. Also, what do you make of him dying on February 28th, 95? 1996 is a leap 95. year. Like I, I, the fact that there's like this, I, am, I, am I going crazy? There's a leap day. I'm not sure what you're getting like at. If he There's di- a leap day I, the next year? I I can tell that I've, okay. This, gone off the rails, I've gone man. off the rails. Yeah. But there's something in this numerology about, like, what if he died last year, next year, and he just missed leap day? Or what if he died on leap day? <laughs> Drive then, yourself crazy, Jim then he only die, And then you can only celebrate his death every four years, and it's, that's, not, that's not real. That shit ain't real. <laughs> uh He's like eight years old. Elliot's older than he is. But it's oh like my weird, God. like, you know, like if it was uh, July 31st or December 1st, that's like, that's something about, and then you pick the last day of the month unless it was a leap year. Again, I'm going right. too far into this. Um, Michael A. said, I listened to your Mr. Robot podcast. You guys weren't exactly thrilled with Angela going to work at E Corp, and you seemed like you guys thought she'd be a good person. I actually think in season two, she's going to go down a dark path in order to protect herself and her father. Yeah. Precinct email, Michael. Like, seems like you're right. I don't know if you guys forgot, but she also put the Dark Army CD in the computer at All Safe, therefore giving the Dark Army yeah. access. That's that was to thing. save her dad. Yes. Like, come on. Those were things that I could conceive myself doing. I can't right. conceive of watching a man getting his face blown off, taking thousands of dollars from the man that I consider responsible, and then being like, proud of me, bitch. Shit on a shoe clerk, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, you, you're morally, like, cooking meth to provide for your family. Problematic, but morally, you know, yeah. th- there's a moral framework in which that works. Right. Murdering, mass murdering people to continue that empire, that's... That's where it falls apart. And Angela's full-on fucking Scarface at this point. Yeah. Uh, his first rea- Her first reaction to finding out about it was that her and Ollie had to put it onto the computer. She then stole it from Ollie because he didn't want it to put it on the computer. She put it in herself, risking the whole company and everyone's jobs in order to protect herself and her father. Yeah, stealing a CD from her shit-ass boyfriend who cheated on her is not morally reprehensible, in my Uh, opinion. I mean, you're right. She's risking the fortunes of the company and everyone who works there. But, like, 
I you know if it's my if it's my dad's life versus people's right. livelihoods, I can't say that I wouldn't make that same decision. So sure. I guess it's in the eyes of the beholder. Um, but either way, it looks like you're dead set on that she's either going deep, deep in cover to really blow the lid off this, and it's going to put her soul in moral and and uh, in a moral hazard jeopardy kind of situation, or she's just going down the dark path. Mm-hmm. Lucas from Milwaukee said, I want to mention something about the factualness of the show from a different sector of the tech industry. I work in automation, which uses a lot of PLCs, yeah. which are programmed programmable logic circuits. Logic circuits. He, didn't, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't actually, I think that's what it means. He didn't actually explain yeah. the acronym. Um, and they are statistically the most attack computers on the face of the earth. The show does an amazing job during the prison break in explaining that these control systems are easy to hack. But only if you have you research and find a human error uh, and can exploit some sort of virus on a USB stick type situation. In fact, that's how the Stuxnet virus got into the Iranian PLCs. It was put out on the thousands of free USB sticks given away at conventions and eventually made its way into the system they targeted. Obviously, with lots of research on the Iranian system. Also, that was a pain in the fucking ass in corporate environments because that's was stu- it? yeah, man. That that worm which was designed to attack the logic circuits of centrifuges. Uh, to destroy the Iranians' nuclear program, uh, did a bang-up job of fucking up with, like, Windows SQL servers and stuff. Really? Just a sheer amount of traffic that it caused, yeah. Huh. It's just, like, super uh, per, um, promiscuous. Uh, thought you might be interested in extremely accurate depictions of automation, hacking, and security. I appreciate that. We actually got yeah, a lot of this. super accurate. And we don't have time to read them all. I might save a couple for next week when we we might have a little bit of a breather. Uh, I know our friend Barry Goodman, who from Madrigal Electromotive, had a uh, pretty entertaining story about uh, him considering a life of crime. Right. I read that email. Pretty it's good. Pretty, pretty good. Multi-step. And it's funny because like, I know you and I have po- like sat around on, on lazy days. It's and the office about, space thing, right? Like, yeah. Like, I could change a couple decimal places, boom. Yeah. Like, or yeah. like, you know... You could go to con- we we could do like you just kind of like plan heists and crime and stuff. Thumbs up their asses. I don't. <laughs> I don't know how far how, how far along Doctor Goodman got, but uh, <laughs> seemed like he got pretty far along. Was he writing from like a a government facility? You already use his fake assumed names and shady oh, shell companies. It's true. He's uh, you got to keep your eye on him. You're on a, you're on a watch list now. You're on a bald move watch list, Doctor G. Uh, points. A couple points in your Mr. Robot podcast. Michael L. writes in, says, "There's no way Tyrell Elliot or Tyrell Elliot is Elliot. Uh, there's no way Tyrell yeah. Wellick is Elliot." I there. feel like I properly debunked this theory. And you did another. There's another one. There's a scene where Gideon meets with Wellick, so of course you would recognize Elliot. Right. Case closed. In your review, you called Elliot a calculated. Now ass- let me let me say this. Uh oh. I think it's possible that Elliot uses popcorn gun to kill Tyrell and Tyrell becomes part of Elliot at that point. That I was just about to say the same thing. Okay. Except for actually what I was just about to do is continue reading his email, but I had that same thought. (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) in your review, you called Elliot a calculated asshole and a dirt bag. Keep in mind, he has social anxiety disorder. So it's logical that he can't relate to his coworkers. He doesn't want to be touched by Ollie, but let's face who would, or let's face it. Who would, I mean, It's that it's hard to talk about Elliot because he's both things. He's this pitiable character, but he's also the criminal mastermind that hurts people. Right. So 
I don't know how, you know, like I, you get an Arkham Asylum and you put him in there. Like, I, I don't know what the pro- appropriate way to treat a person like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's conf- we find I find out that I'm conflicted in how I discuss him because I want to treat him like he's two separate characters and he's not. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, like the thing is like, ask yourself if Elliot killed someone that you cared about. Would your first thought is like, well, you know, he does have the social anxiety disorder and he's got manic depressive episodes and or would you be like, fuck that guy. He needs to be put away. Sure. Um, so it's 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 a weird dichotomy. The, he's the hero and also the villain of the story. Uh, what did you think about the stinger of the end of the last episode where White Rose meets with Price? They indicate that they've worked together before on an African mine project. I believe White, no doubt dealing on conflict diamonds. I believe White Rose will sell or trade the encryption key to price for something valuable so that season two will reset the world order back the way it was and Elliot is forced to redouble his efforts to bring about change in a world where he is hunted. If that's true, White Rose is taking his or her sweet-ass time about it. Well, not only that... We're a month out. Let's get these encryption keys. I hope they don't find a way to reset the world. I feel like that will feel a little like a cheat. Like okay. a little like, yeah. hey, you know what, you. we're artificially extending the story. We could tell a right. straightforward narrative, but instead we're going to choose to wallow. And it feels like they have the hooks to extend it anyway. I mean, they're right. they're, they're certainly treading water here a little bit with that part of the story. And right. Darlene's trying to push the issue. So I think that, that works just fine for me. All like right. the desperate struggle of a corporation that's dying. This is hilarious, because Doug L. has done so much to shed light on the legal institution and demystify it, and I get to do the same thing for him about the world of programs. Oh, okay. uh, Doug L. says, after watching the first season of Mr. Robot, I never would have suspected a show of taking things in a religious or supernatural direction. In fact, I still don't think it's likely. However, the advertisement for the show below was in my Facebook feed, and he includes an image, and it says, Memories, Delusions, Demons. Can we ever truly escape them? In reference to Elliot and his father. Normally, when someone talks about inner demons, uh, which Ghost Dad certainly is, it's spelled D-E-M-O-N-S. Here, it's spelled D-A-E-M-O-N-S. Demons. Right. Yep. The more arcane spelling usually rarely used outside of religious horror movies or Dungeons & Dragons. It just seems so out of place for a technology-themed show like this one. Welcome to the world of computers. It may be reading too much into this, and it's probably nothing, but it certainly stuck, struck me as odd, so I figured I'd share it through group. Would you like to field this one, Jim? No, no. You seem to have a, a canned, a prepared response. So demons you... are just, and I don't know why they're called this. Probably because the it original, cool. original guys setting up Linux and, and Unix esque environments were Dungeon and Dragons uh, nerds. But you call a demon is just a like a, a resident program that stays running in, in the background doing things. Yeah. So totally in place like, for this universe. Your mouse driver is a demon. Right, and it, it's you know it's a kind of like this this thing that just is uh, sitting and waiting, and it it does your bidding. So I, I definitely see the et- et- etymology, but yeah, it, it's not a supernatural reference at all. No, it's it's a, a it is it's a, a technical a, reference. It's a wink to text, yeah. yeah, like you know it's it's playing on the demons, personal demons, and the the demons of Elliot's world. So there you go. Uh, Joe M. from Philly says, uh, Professor Joe, with your ratings for the premiere of Mr. Robot. We talked about a little of this. I don't think we got into details. Uh, the long and short of it is Mr. Robot had its lowest ratings in its brief history. Its total viewers were about 1 million, which is yeah. down 14% from the finale and 10% from the season low of last year. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna say maybe Seasons part of that. got 1.7 million. Uh, so USA released these episodes a few days early, 
uh, for streaming online. And if I'm I, hoping that part of that, the sure. reason it's so low, is because of that. Like well, they don't count that, and then the day one, a lot of people had seen it already. Right, and he says it's very shocking to me, giving the legs and buzz that this show had going to premiere. And yeah. We talked about like I feel like that these were kind of Herculean efforts that USA took to promote the show mm-hmm. in a pretty smart, organic way. Uh, he says, granted, it aired a day before they got their best drama nomination. And also, granted, we all know the show isn't the Game of Thrones or Walking Dead. It's more of a boutique show that typically doesn't air on USA, but on networks like FX or AMC. Could this be a case of being the right show but the wrong network? If this was on an F- on FX, would people be more aware of it? Uh, because it would be promoted on similar type shows as opposed to being promoted on Suits or Royal Pains? I just don't know. Uh, regardless, I thoroughly enjoyed the premiere and the real numbers will be on display and the DVR on demand viewing. The show tended to double, uh, or more in the following days after the first airing. I'll update you on the quote unquote real numbers for this premiere next week. I think that's also the key. Like you said, some of this stuff was cannibalized by the stunt that they pulled by leaking this on the internet. And also there's a lot of people watching this pirated. There's a lot of people watching this on iTunes and Amazon, uh, and there's a lot of people that are yeah. DVRing it and watching it, especially when it, it, it drops at 10 o'clock and it's not done till midnight on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Uh, I would not be watching this thing live if I was pro if, if, if I was watching it as a fan, I'd watch it the yeah. next day. Uh, also I like, I hope the show has enough legs to make it to Netflix because I feel like it could shine there as well. Mm-hmm. Like you could, sure. you could really get a new a brand new audience for it sure they're on netflix and they might tune into the new episodes i'll say from the bald new perspective we are pleasantly surprised with the reaction we got from the preview cast which are usually small sample size anyway with Mm -hmm. a new feed like it seems like there is a lot a disproportionate amount of podcast and online interest in this show which makes sense it's like we talked about this with Justified. Like Justified at its peak had four and a half, five million people watching it, but our podcast ratings were in the shitter. Even though Breaking Bad had the same numbers, and our our podcast numbers were much bigger, R- much like yeah. orders and orders, like double, triple orders, magnitude bigger. Mm-hmm. And you know that's uh, the people like Justified don't give a shit about podcasts. Apparently, I feel like that Mr. Robot is the exact opposite. Yeah, like that these are technically inclined and enthusiast audiences that are desperate to get all of the juice squeezed out of this melon. Yeah. Uh, which might also work against them, you know, with the piracy angle, because Mm -hmm. a lot of these people watching the show are probably inclined to download it from the internet instead of watching it live on USA. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad. Like he says in perspective, one million viewers for Mr. Robot was the 25th most watched show on cable Wednesday night. Number one was Family Guy rerun. Number two was Family Guy rerun a half hour earlier, followed by three Big, ba- Big Bang repeats that ran between 10 and 11.30. All of those shows had over 2 million viewers on Wednesday night. Wow. Pretty brutal that yeah. this show, and unfair that this show cannot outperform repeats of fucking Family Guy. Yeah. So, but you know what? We love it, and we think it's awesome, and I feel like that USA is doing everything they can to make this a thing, and the Emmy's right. probably going to help, and, you know, Critical Buzz is probably going to help. Uh, if you want to help our Critical Buzz, uh, since this is a brand new show, we're trying to get this feed launched, uh, you know, rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah, the super best important. way that you can help us get a foothold into, because, you know, we're breaking in season two, a uh, brand new show. 
uh, probably you know looking at entirely new fan bases that might not be into zombies or dragons. Uh, so yeah, if yeah. you if you want to help us uh, grow and expand, please rate and review us on iTunes. It just takes a couple couple seconds, and also an iTunes account, which I understand is demonic. Sure, sure. From don't devil. don't install the client on your computer for God's <laughs> sake, but go rate us. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's uh, that's all the feel. Like I said, we had a, a pretty good one from uh, Barry. Dr. Barry Goodman, but uh, we're running out of time. We actually have a bit of a time limit today. Yeah, so uh, thanks everybody for listening. We will be back next week. Robot at baldmove.com, forums.baldmove.com. Right, get your feedback in. And until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya.